Good morning and welcome to all the seekers of truth. You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Radio Program and today in our studio we have as our guests Caroline and Brumjot. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Angela. And John will manage to make it all happen on the panel and my name is Angela. So when we talk about meditation, one of the first things that may cross our minds are Wow, I'd love to do that, but I just can't relax or find the time to stop my thoughts. Well, today, I would like to share with those listeners tuning in for the first time some wonderful news. True meditation will completely stop all of your thoughts. It will do much, much more than just relax you. And it will effortlessly present you with all the time you need for those things that mean the most. Sahaja Yoga is the true meditation that will, if you remain open and if you allow it to work out, take you beyond all the mundane tasks that give us no joy or satisfaction. It will take you to a place that one can only dream is reserved for the saints and sages of old times. It will open up for the one who desires with all their heart an infinite possibility realm of wonder and joy. But the best part is that it's free, spontaneous, and effortless. Sahaj means spontaneous and yoga means union with the divine. This union occurs when the kundalini energy, which is lying dormant in every human being's sacrum, is awakened by the seeker's pure desire. This energy responds to a catalyst of pure vibrations, like one candle enlightening another. And this catalyst is the founder of Sahaja Yoga, Srimadaji Nimaladevi. Srimadaji was born in 1923 and travelled the world spreading her knowledge of Kundalini and the subtle system to all those who desired it. Srimadaji devised a method of giving en masse realisation and set about to emancipate the world of its conditionings and egotistical mindset and empowering those seekers with the ability to become their own master. Today on our programme, we will offer this experience, coupled with a discussion on self-realisation and the subtle system. We'll play some music for you and listen to a short talk by Srimadaji, followed by a meditation on today's topic, which is the six enemies within. And the spirit of life calling Mamela and a voice with the fear of a child asking Oh Mamela. Faith. 
Self-realization is a gift given to all who desire and it is something that if nurtured and developed will fulfill your life in a way that you could not imagine possible. The process to achieve this is so simple and subtle that sometimes it's not appreciated. The inner workings of our subtle system are so intricate and well planned it is only in the silence that is achieved by this process that we can feel truly the magnitude of the divine love that is within and without. Thousands of seekers of truth throughout the world who are not satisfied with money, fame, success or mere existence found their way to the doorsteps of the divine and had the courage to challenge their vices and find their virtues to become something much, much more than they were. So, Caroline, could you tell us a little bit about these vices that I've just mentioned or the six enemies as we know them? Well, I think when you start meditating, your attention goes uh, gradually inside yourself and you start to see what's happening inside. And um, what I can see inside myself is um, on one side there's a spirit and on the other side is those vices, as you call them, or the six enemies, or many kind of negativities that are actually not yourself. What you truly are is a spirit. But this battle is going on, and um, you have to find the strength inside, and the technique, maybe, to help your spirit to win. And those vices manifest in different ways, like they can be depression or stress, it can be fears, it can be lack of forgiveness, hatred, anger, lust, all those things that stop the joy from flowing and stop yourself to be your full potential. And, um, and through our meditation, we can, we can not only see that, but we can also find the ways to give the strength to our spirit or to become the spirit and to stop all this battle, or at least to win a few battles. <laughs> and so, Caroline, how do you manage to find the strength to overcome that, those things inside? Well, I think it's definitely meditation is a way, but the strength comes from your pure desire. So what I call the pure desire is this desire to be someone else, to be not someone else, to be yourself, and to be... Um, to become one with the divine, to become one with this all-pervading power that is surrounding us, that you can see in nature, that you can see in every person. When your attention starts purifying, you can see the beauty of this world and that there's a power everywhere. So your meditation is connecting you to that power and, and making you feel the vibration of, of all this, this universe. Wow, very good. And so what we found in, in Sahaja Yoga is that with the, uh, the knowledge and, and the experience of our subtle system um, and the chakras and all the techniques Shamataji's given us, um, we can maybe overcome it through this. So, Brahmjot, could you tell us a little bit about our subtle system? 
Um, our subtle system has um, three channels. Um, they are the three nervous system, you can say. And uh, on our spine, there are chakras or the energy centers, starting from uh, the first chakra, the muladhara, and then going up to swadhisthana, and then into our um, tummy, that's the nabi, and into our heart, it's called anahat and then going up to the throat, um, that's Vishuddhi, going to our forehead is Agya, and then the, all the integration of three channels um, making um, the Sahasrara. So when the Kundalini rises, she, she pierces through um, all of these chakras and um, spinning them and clearing them, all the negativities, all the enemies or, or anything that is stopping our ascent, um, and then taking the taking our uh, spirit from our heart and joining at um, Sahasrara and we feel a cool breeze on our hands on the top of our head and quite peaceful and uh, very calm um, within ourselves. Very good. And so can you tell me a little bit maybe about your first experience of self-realization, Brahm? Well, with me, um, I started in 2008, which wasn't, uh, it was very recent. In the beginning, it was um, more practicing. I didn't feel much, um, especially the vibrations, but slowly and slowly, I had a desire to know more um, about a subtle system, about the chakras. So um, I kept practicing, even though I wasn't feeling anything, but eventually it started, and then I can start feeling um, in um, one, one and a half years, I could start feeling the vibrations, and I could start feeling the chakras and chakras of others. Um, the things that really helped me were um, clearing others out, um, having uh, meditation with others and um, having uh, music along with um, uh, meditations and continually on a regular basis um, doing meditation um, with uh, uh, at least for six um, to ten months I did it um, to make sure that you know I'm putting my effort in. Very good. And so this is for anybody. Um, how do you know that you've got your realization and, and what happens after it? So. Does it just go away or does it stay there or boom, are you there or? Well, um, also the experience um, varies from person to person. But um, yeah, when the Kundalini rise, she pierces through all the chakras, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you feel a cool vibration, a cool breeze in our hands. And uh, the thing physically is um, we start doing things from center. We don't do over or we don't do under things. For example, walking, we don't overwork or we don't underwork. We are not overly attached to someone or we are not um, under-attached. The things, when we start doing from center and our attention always on the divine, not on the uh, material things, these are the more um, physical aspects of, a <coughs> of, our, um, of our meditation. <coughs> Okay. I, I personally, when I first had my self-realization, I, I think I was too damaged to feel vibrations, but um, I really felt the peace within, the deep peace. And, um, and I remember I was in the Newtown program in Sydney, and I remember feeling those people are amazing. I really felt for those people doing the program for free because everything is free in Sahaja Yoga. And... I could see in their eyes this purity and uh, this strength at the same time. And I, I remember feeling very strongly, I want to be like them. If it's possible, I want to be like this. Not that I wanted to be someone else, but I wanted to be myself with this purity, this innocence I could see in their eyes and this strength they had. And um, just to answer your second question, does it go away? <laughs> um, Actually, it can come back to the sacrum because the kundalini resides in the sacrum in a, in a coil. 
And sacrum in Greek means sacred, so even the Greek knew that something was special about this bone because it contains the Kundalini energy. But it can come back there, but if you have the pure desire and if you meditate a little bit regularly, even at the beginning, I know I was just meditating once a week, it was, it was kind of enough for keeping a few shreds of the Kundalini. But the Kundalini is so much more, like it, just to give a, an image, it, it can be like the full hair of, of uh, somebody with nice big thick hair or just a few of those hair. So at the beginning, it's just a few of that and you can still feel the power of this few little hair, but you can be the whole the whole head of hair. <laughs> I don't it's know how true. you say in English. It's true. And, um, and when you start to experience the meditation every day, and realize, oh, I didn't meditate today. It's the reason why I'm so angry or agitated or I feel not so much love for people in my heart or all those things, or I feel depressed, whatever. It's it's the enemy affecting you the most. I'm going much better through my day and I'm be- becoming a better person, a stronger person, more confident. I'm not so fearful like I was before. Or I remember the first thing I've noticed with my husband because we started together, was we were laughing differently. We were laughing for different things. It wasn't so sarcastic anymore. It wasn't so turned to mockery towards somebody. Or It was just pure little child love. And after six months, we realized, oh, we are laughing so nicely. It's true. And, um, and something is happening inside us. We could really see it was manifesting. It was just not doing something. It was manifestation of qualities within. And it's true what you say, like, even after 10, 11 years, if if you don't meditate every day, then, you know, it's like if you don't have a shower every day, you start to smell a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's the same thing, you know. You, you The qualities and, and that sort of reside a little bit and whatever's trying to bring you back takes over. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that you can just do and then it's there. It has to be a progressive thing. So now... We'd like to give you this experience of self-realization. So if you're doing something that's uh, involving activity, if, if you've got the time, just please sit down and uh, find somewhere where you're not going to be disturbed. Um, if you can, take your shoes off. This helps the process a lot, lot more. And just put your feet flat on the floor. If you're on a chair, if you're on the floor or on the grass with your iPod, then that's even better. Um, Put your hands palm up on your lap. Take a few big deep breaths. Close your eyes. And we're just going to begin this process with some affirmations with our left hand remaining on our lap, palm up. And our right hand will be moving up and down the left side of our bodies. And I will tell you and explain where to place this hand at different times. So first of all, we can put our right hand on the left side of our heart. And here we can ask fundamental question about ourselves to find out who we really are so we can say mother and we'll address this kundalini energy because it's a feminine and mothering and nurturing loving energy as mother 
So we say, Mother, am I the pure spirit? Am I the pure spirit, Mother? Then moving down to where the ribs on the left-hand side, just below the ribs on the stomach, on the left-hand side. And here, this is the area of our evolution, of our self-mastery. And so here we can ask the question, Mother, am I my own master? Am I my own master? Do I always stand on my truth? Or do I dominate? Or am I submissive? Am I just in the center always? Am I my own master? Do I listen to my intuition? And then we can move our hand down to where the hip and the leg join on the left hand side. And this is the area that relates to the pure knowledge. Not the mental knowledge, not all of the conditionings, everything that we've learnt from outside. This is the pure knowledge that comes from inside. The divine knowledge. And this is the vibratory awareness that we feel on our fingertips, on our central nervous system, is the manifestation of this pure knowledge. So here we can say, Mother, please give me the pure knowledge, which is just divine love. Just pure divine love. just a few times to yourself and at this point you may feel the kundalini rising it's always in the asking that this is happening never enforcing no one can force this on you it's your pure desire for this very special gift then moving back up to the stomach area on the left hand side and now that we have this pure knowledge we can make some affirmations and we can ask for blessings from the divine so we can say mother please make me my own master please make me the master of myself Please let me be in control of all of these enemies within. Please let me see myself. Please give me the ability to feel on my fingertips the full vibrations that I can be my own master Then, moving up to the heart again. Take a nice big deep breath. And affirm 
with full confidence in yourself. Mother, I am only the pure spirit. This is who I am. I'm not this body or this mind, these conditionings. I'm not these thoughts. I'm not even these actions. I'm just the pure spirit. I'm not these emotions. I'm just the pure spirit. Then moving up to where the neck and the shoulder join. And we'll just tilt our head to the right a little bit, so you're looking towards the right shoulder a little bit more. And this is the area of our collectivity and our place in the universe and how we feel about ourselves within the collectivity. And here we can develop guilt when we make mistakes. And people can also use this guilt to control us and it blocks the ability of the Kundalini to rise through this chakra and to give us our self-realization. So it's really not necessary. We have to face all of our mistakes knowing that we're just the pure spirit and move forward. So here we can say, Mother, I am not guilty of anything. Anything I did in the past it's part of my learning and part of my evolution and I will face it and I won't do it again and I'll move forward. Please help me mother to feel really good about myself, to feel my dignity. And moving our hand to the forehead and we'll bow our head slightly like we're holding our head in our hands and this is the area where we just let go of everything and we just forgive everything and everyone we just let it go because actually it's in the past everything is in the past and the past is already gone it's not existing anymore we're just in the center now. So we say, Mother, I forgive myself and I forgive everyone for any of the mistakes that I think that they've made or any mistakes that I think I've made. We're all just trying to do our best. Nobody's perfect. We just forgive everybody and open our hearts to each other. And now with our hand outstretched, the fingers stretched of the right hand and the center of our palm we're going to put on top of our head on the fontanelle. We're going to press down and rotate in a clockwise manner seven times. And as we're doing this, we're asking from all our hearts, from our pure desire, 
Please, Mother, give me my self-realization. Please give me the mental silence. Give me my connection to my spirit and to the divine. Please, Mother, give me my self-realization. And now, with your hand still on that point, just raise your hand a little bit, the right hand, maybe five centimeters above your head, and see if you can feel the manifestation of the Kundalini coming from your fontanelle. As a cool breeze, could be a little bit warm, it might be very subtle. You might feel it on your hands, sometimes on your feet. It can also be inside piece, as Caroline said before. So now just stay in this state with your attention above your head. Place your hands gently and calmly and on your lap, palm up, and just enjoy for a minute this space. And he understands what you have 
So we hope you are now enjoying the bliss and peace of your union and are feeling the manifestation of this as cool breeze on your hands and from your fontanelle. This process that is completely spontaneous and without any effort is only possible because of one woman's purest desire and that woman is the divine personality of Shramadaji Nimala Devi. Shramataji was born in the center of India in 1923 and lived an incredible life full of the qualities that are valued and respected amongst us. Qualities of love, patience, tolerance, forgiveness and unending ability to endure and forbear hardship. Shramataji walked tirelessly the length and breadth of our planet, giving realization to all. She gave endless talks and interviews on spirituality, all of which have been preserved for all to hear. She led a normal life as a housewife, mother to two daughters and grandmother, before she began her life's work. Then she became spiritual mother to thousands of seekers. Shramataji and her family took part in the fight for India's independence, ending, enduring, much sacrifice. She spent much of her childhood in Mahatma Gandhi's ashram and she also studied medicine before she married to help her to understand the human conditions more. So now we would like to give you the op wonderful opportunity to feel the amazing depth of her personality that you can feel when you listen. If you listen to her words with your attention above your head in meditation, you will be able to go deeper into your spirit and absorb her words more than listening through your intellect. So please sit down comfortably with your hands on your lap and continue to meditate on this divine personality. But then immediately people say, Mother is the most difficult to master yourself. I can't understand this. Why not you try to master everyone? Why can't you master yourself? 
Yourself is with you. You are with yourself. Is your own. Is your own property. You can correct the property of others. Why can't you correct your own property? It should be the easiest thing to do. But you are not sure that this is your own. You do not know that you are capable. But you are. And now you have self-knowledge. So why should you not do it? Why should you not try to watch yourself, see for yourself, and then you will know that you know all the tricks, the yukti. I don't have to tell you, do this, do that, nothing. You yourself will know, ha, come along. We know so many things, little, little things, about ordinary material things, you see. Something is falling, all right, put some support to it. This is happening, put it that way. But in spiritual life, it's the easiest thing, because you are in the ocean of knowledge. But if you do not know that you are in the ocean of knowledge, you will not know the tricks of dealing with others, because the main purpose of our communication is to emancipate the whole world, to emancipate them, to bring them out of their ignorance. So for that we have to develop this mastery and not to get lost into nonsensical things, but this mastery has to be developed for that meditation early in the morning is required to begin with. And then facing yourself all the time. Why did I say such a thing? Ah, must be this. This is the word I picked up from that person. So when you start facing yourself, you'll be surprised that you are trying to avoid the reality and just using your mind. See there, as I say that this mind cheats you and tells you, all right, forget it. And the last, but not the least, is that Sri Krishna is the one who is an expert of drama. He creates drama, he acts in the drama, and he is the spectator also. In these three forms you should see yourself. You create a drama of yourself. Aha, this one now, see now, how I am acting here. Then you become the spectator also. Become the spectator of your own dramas. Then you will realize what you are doing, how you are working out everything. Then the deception that we have all the time against ourselves will just run away. Because if an artist knows he is the spectator, if the one who is acting knows he is the spectator, he can never deceive himself, because he knows this is acting. So this self-deception is the one one should try to avoid. Let me face it. But also there is another way out people find out. I mean, there are ways and ways. Like you tell somebody, why didn't you write a letter? I know, I know is what. 
But don't you think you should have written a letter to that person who has done so much for you? I know. But don't you think it's very bad and cruel on your part not to have written the letter? I know. I know means what? I know I'm bad, I know I'm, I've been stupid, I know I should not have done it, but I know also that. So what next? Because they think if you have confessed, I know, finished. So this is a new escape, which was not at the time of Shri Krishna, it's a new modern one, where people say, I know, all right, so what? Oh, all right, I'm a sinner, so what? This is the second side of it. First of all, I know that I'm a sinner, and second is higher state is that, so what? What's wrong? So this is how the derailment starts, and one goes from one to another. If I know something, then why shouldn't I correct myself? That's what it should be. I know I'm like that. I know it is. If you know, then you should also know the trick how to get rid of it. Because you are detached from that personality about which you know, you can correct yourself. This is what is yoga, is very, all your attention is one with the Divine. And you are so detached that you can see it. The, the attachment to all the things are finished. And now the force that is coming to you is acting through you and acting on these attachments also. The situation changes, absolutely in Sahaja Yoga in a very different way. <clears throat> and if there is one bad Sahaja Yogi who comes in, either he's thrown out or he has to be all right. It's the other way now. Anyone who is a bad Sahaja Yogi, if he comes in Sahaja Yoga, then he has to be corrected, otherwise thrown out. It's, a, I think, a more evolved state now than it was at the time of Sri Krishna, because he talked only to one Arjuna, I am talking to thousands, this knowledge. That time, he just talked it at the time of war, I am talking at the time of peace. And he's much more evolved because Sri Krishna didn't give him realization. You have got the realization, you've got the knowledge, you know everything, you have all the subtle ideas. So this is what it is today, as it is, the situation is that you have become part and parcel of Virata already. You are not seeing the Virata, but you are part and parcel of it. You are not watching it, you are inside it. So that any more of not watching yourself will be only thing that will be thrown out of Sahaja Yoga, or else you better watch yourself and correct yourself and be one with the body of the Virat. This is a sign of a Yogeshwara. That's how you have to be in a mood which is very smiling, knowing everything and not sarcastic, but very paternal smile, very loving, affectionate smile that you should have for all the other people. And immediately they'll recognize. I've seen small children are like that. 
they are extremely patronizing sometimes, you know, they see their parents and this and that. So they come and tell you that, don't worry, everything will be all right. After all, what is there to look after? And they can be extremely, extremely loving and kind, and the way they talk, they will neutralize the whole thing. So we have to learn a lot from our children, from all the little babies that we have, and that we ourselves should have that Ganesha principle within us, with innocence, we should work it out. Innocence is the most intelligent thing and most effective thing. So I would request you, all of you, to face yourself. And don't hate yourself, but correct yourself, respect yourself, and try to evolve your own glory. May God bless you. attention still above your head, please remain in the state of thoughtless awareness. And now gently bring your right hand above your head and feel the difference in the strength of your kundalini after listening to Shramadji's words. Your kundalini may feel cooler than before or even stronger. And so now, Brahmjot and Caroline will guide you through a meditation and I will read short snippets about the, the enemies within. But first, Caroline will tell you a short story relating to the six enemies. This morning when I meditated, this uh, story came back to my attention and I thought that was very appropriate for the program. It's a Native American Indian, very short story. So it's a grandfather and his grandson and they're walking through the forest 
and having good time together. And the grandfather said to his grandson, you know, one of my learning in life is inside yourself, there's a battle. It's a battle between two wolves. One wolf is white, is loving, kind, compassionate and forgiving. The other wolf, a darker wolf, is aggressive, judgmental, selfish and angry. And they're fighting all your life. And the little boy said, Oh, grandfather, who is winning at the end? And the grandfather answers, The one you feed, my son. What a wonderful story, Caroline. And I think it's very appropriate. So, to become the master of yourself and to be able to rise above the conditionings and ego, which are the two institutions that drag us down, we must learn through meditation to watch ourselves, as Shramataji's just said. And in this watching, we can see our vices, expose them completely, and transform them into virtues. These vices can come in the form of six enemies of the soul, and according to ancient texts, these enemies act through our ego and conditionings, and particularly affect our self-mastery, which blocks our ascent. The first enemy is desire and lust. This is particularly rampant in the Western society, where the boundaries of conduct, which were so essential for a healthy society, began to disintegrate. This enemy affects the chakra, which is the foundation of all divine qualities and aspirations, and affects the whole left side. The Muladhara Chakra is the support to our whole subtle system, and without it, we become easily shaken and vulnerable. So to combat this enemy, we can practice chastity, both moral and material in all our relationships and in all our actions. Desires, whether they are directed towards another person or a material object, all take our attention away from our ascent. Mother, by your grace, please make us desireless. Please establish within us the pure desire of God Almighty. Please purify our left side and make us more innocent and chaste personalities. Please strengthen our pure desire, that only desire is to be at the Lord's feet of the Divine. Please make all of our relationships unconditional, pure and chaste, with full respect established in all relationships. The second enemy is anger or temper. This, this is considered the worst of all enemies, destroying all the joy and security in relationships and breeding fear and hatred. This affects our whole right side, liver, and creates ego. It is so easy to be angry at another when we are not close to being perfect. It doesn't allow forgiveness and the ability to open our hearts through compassion and understanding. 
Many times we are angry when actually we feel guilty inside and cannot face ourselves and our own mistakes and move forward. So it's better to be angry at ourselves than to project onto others. Close your eyes. And with your heart, just desire deeply. Mother, by your grace, please dissolve all our anger. Please dissolve all our anger. Please make us loving and compassionate. Please replace my temper by compassion. Please let me see my own mistakes and not the mistakes of others. Mother, please take away my anger, my impatience, my ashness, and any aggressivity toward others and toward myself. The third enemy is greed and materialism. Materialism is so rampant these days that we are literally drowning in it. This affects our Nabi and Vishuddhi chakra, our satisfaction and witness state. In these modern times, we have lost our connection to nature and all that is sweet, natural and joy-giving. Success is measured when we achieve either the things or the power over the things and everyone around us. And this leads to jealousy and disappointments, which is another enemy. And this is happening when we don't get what we want. So we can never be truly happy and satisfied inside. Close your eyes. Say, Mother, by your grace, please take us beyond matter and materialism. Please make us balanced, peaceful and satisfied and let us see the beauty of the spirit in everything and in every being. Please remove all attachment to money as a source of security and let me be the only attached to my spirit. Let me see the value and joy in the love and companionship for the one. The fourth enemy is attachment and illusion. When we are so attached to our families, husbands, wives and children, countries and cultures, we can never see the things which need to change 
or to be able to give others unconditional love that has no attachments and is complete freedom. This affects our heart chakra and ability to keep our attention on the divine in thoughtless awareness. It creates that sense of the other when we label something as mine. For example, my child or my sister or my country. This is not creating a global collective atmosphere and places limits on the expansion of the potential of love we have in our hearts. Love for the whole world, where there will be no wars, no hatred, because everyone is your own. Put your hand on your heart. This enemy affects your heart tremendously. And take a big deep breath. Mother, I am the spirit. And only the spirit. Please free me from any attachment. Please let me love unconditionally, without any expectation, without any condition. Just be love. Manifest love. The fifth enemy is jealousy and envy. This is a consequence of materialism and power mongering and is affecting also the Vishuddhi and the Nabi chakras. We are always looking to what others have and cannot be happy for others. It closes our hearts and leads to competitiveness and in the extreme ends in violence and crime to get what we want. When we can appreciate others and talk sweetly and be happy for others, good fortune and be satisfied and grateful for what we have, then we can overcome this vice and find peace inside. Put your hand on the throat. Mother, by your grace, please remove all our jealousies and competitiveness. Mother, please make me part and parcel of the whole universe. Mother, please make me sweet and generous in a nature. And the sixth enemy, enemy is vanity and false pride. Mother, please make me humble. Mother, I surrender my ego and my super-ego to you. So now, it's time to say bye. And we hope that you have found your connection to your spirit and felt the bliss of divine love as cool vibrations. So now it's up to you to develop your meditation and feel the joy of your spirit and manifest all of the qualities of divine personality. If you'd like to go to our website at www.freemeditation.com.au www.freemeditation.com.au 
or call 1300 724 252. 1300 724 252. Please stay peaceful and enjoy the rest of your day. And it's bye bye from everybody. Bye for now. Goodbye.